Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, has their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products as well? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, just go to TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Live and direct from the City of Angels. Speaking of City of Angels, head coach of USC, Clay Helton. Last year, start out the season. In his first year, he was on the hot seat a month in. Now, now they're talking about his team potentially playing for a national championship. Now they're talking about his quarterback potentially winning a Heisman Trophy. Clay Helton, USC's head coach, will join us in 20 minutes here on the program. Welcome in if you're watching live on Facebook as well. Uh, We'll get to the changes the NBA is trying to make and show that they are really, really upset at LeBron, among others, sitting out games games last year. Devontae Freeman gets paid. How does it relate to... As it relate to Le'Veon Bell and his contract demands, we will discuss. Plus, Roger Goodell says he wants a shorter preseason, but doesn't necessarily offer as to exactly what he would do to get that preseason. Uh, and in a stunning development, the L.A. Dodgers lost a game. I've said it before. The Dodgers are a lot like Steph Curry. 
Uh, you're more surprised when Steph misses than when he makes. You're more surprised when they lose, the Dodgers, than when they win. But, but I want to talk about Conor McGregor and Floyd Money Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather had a sit-down interview with Stephen A. Smith that aired late last night. And it was so ridiculously over-the-top in yet a subtle form that I was amazed by it. Like the ability for, I've seen different, um, I've seen different uh, comedians when they can, they can keep a straight face when they cannot laugh. There was a bit, and I don't know if this was last night because I don't watch Fallon that much. Fallon and Timberlake, and they were doing Camp Winnipesaukee, and they were trying to hold it in and not laugh. I felt like there was a little bit of that between Stephen A. and Floyd Mayweather. I really did. But um, I got to say, I was amazed and somewhat impressed at the uh, straight-faced, lack of uh, facial affect style by which Floyd Mayweather said this. I'm older. What does that mean? I'm not the same. I'm not the same fighter I was five years ago. I lost a step. A fighter like Andre Berto don't even supposed to go to distance with Floyd Mayweather. This can't be a defensive fight. Excuse me? I got to go down. I got to go down. Are you saying that you're going to go to Conor McGregor? I got to go. You're not going to back up. You're going to go to him. I have to go to him. Why? I got to do what I got to do. Why? You didn't have to go through to go to other fighters in order to beat them. Why do you feel the need to do that in this fight? Because I owe the, I owe the public for the Pacquiao fight. Since they wasn't pleased with the Pacquiao fight, they're going to be pleased with this fight right here. They're going to be pleased with the fight right here. Look. We're going to the fight. We're going to go to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't know. We're doing shows Saturday leading up to the fight. I don't know. They ask us to do it. We'll do it. If they don't, that's fine. We'll just go and chill out and watch the fight. And I'm not going to tell you ever to not buy anything as a sports fan, especially something that I'm going to pay attention to. Part of it's my job. Part of it, it is, it, it, it's such a sideshow. It's such a circus that I got to at least know what happens and how it happens. But this is one of, it's like when somebody says no offense, something offensive is going to come out of their mouth, right? Uh, no offense, but oh, something offensive is coming out. It's like when an athlete says it's not about the money, it tends to be about the money. When Floyd Mayweather tries so desperately to tell you it's going to be a competitive fight, you seem to know it's not going to be a competitive fight. Now, he may well, it may, may well be a less defensive fight than we saw previously with Floyd Mayweather, right? Like you don't, you don't want to lose to a guy and give a guy a puncher's chance. You don't want to do a, like when Michael Moore became the heavyweight champion. Do you remember when Michael Moore became the heavyweight champion? Do you remember how he got, how he got knocked out by uh, uh, George Foreman? Like George Foreman couldn't move anymore. Couldn't move was a shell of his former self, was in his was in his 40s, he's got like 15 kids, all named George. But Moore got too close, gave him a puncher's chance, and one punch ended his reign, and George Foreman became the heavyweight champion of the world. This is, it's like, it's an ego play. And I don't think that, that Conor McGregor has a legitimate chance so you don't want to give him an illegitimate chance. Like you're the best pitcher in baseball. 
and you're going up against a guy who cannot hit breaking balls, you don't throw him fastballs just because, hey, my breaking ball is not as good as it used to be. No, I don't believe the hype. No, I don't believe that Floyd Mayweather, in the first time in his life, he admits to not being the greatest of all time. He admits to having some sort of flaw. He tries to find some sort of self-deprecating. It's like self-deprecating humor. The only people who offer up self-deprecating humor, talk about their nose, talk about their hair, talk about their lack of of sexual virility. Those are guys that are actually supremely confident in self. It's one of the reasons that you tell self-deprecating jokes is because it shows self-confidence. It's the opposite of what, what if you just read the line and didn't know the person delivering it, you would assume it to be. It's the same thing with Floyd Mayweather. Hey, I'm old. Hey, I've lost a step. I'm not what I used to be. That's Floyd Mayweather saying, I'm just as good as I used to be. Age is just a number. This guy has no chance. And I'm desperately, desperately trying to get you to buy the fight because they haven't sold all the seats. And the the first two two things that they tried to eliminate in terms of fear of boxing, you know, really what, what, what they're trying to create is FOMO. Do you guys know what FOMO is? I, I know music knows what FOMO is. But that's because he's 17 years old. He's constantly on his phone and everything becomes an, uh, everything becomes an acronym. <laughs> what about you, Ramos? Do you know what FOMO is? I don't know, but it sounds like an acronym for something. It is. It is. Does Dan Byer know what, what FOMO is? I don't, Doug. FOMO is the fear of missing out, right? It's, it's what kids, it's what the kids have these days. It's not the fear of missing something great. It's not the fear of missing something historic. It's the fear of missing out. FOMO. That's what they're trying to get. The fear of missing out. Hey, man, I'm not what I used to be. Hey, man, Conor McGregor's calling calling these guys monkeys. He's throwing, throwing race into it. Hey, man, Conor McGregor's MMA. He might do something crazy. Hey, man, Conor McGregor, look, he's dirty. Look what he did with Pauli Malagiani or whatever his name is. They're trying to create FOMO, fear of missing out on some sort of historic sideshow circus. There is no more Bonham and Bailey circus. Here's another, right? I mean, really what happened was uh, the movie about the whales and how they treated whales was that black uh, blackfish, right? Blackfish is going to bring down SeaWorld eventually. And Blackfish kind of brought down Blackfish and Cirque du Soleil, right? Cirque du Soleil is kind of more amazing, and there's no animals. They only mistreat humans in Cirque du Soleil. (laughs) And for whatever reason, we're far more cool in our world if you're mistreating humans than we are mistreating helpless animals. I'm not okay with mistreating anybody, although I have been to Cirque du Soleil. It's kind of amazing. But the point is that because of Blackfish, that's what exposed us to what we probably always assumed but never wanted to see, which was y- y- you have to treat these animals uh, inhumanely in order to get them to act the way you want them to act when they're performing in front of a live audience. And so since we have no more circus, since we're not going to have the Shamu Act that much longer, the best thing we can have is Floyd Mayweather and the craziness of MMA— And the fact that he was on food stamps four years ago, 
go, excuse me, that's, I'm Conor McGregor, the craziness of MMA, and the fact he's on food stamps going against Floyd Mayweather, who to this point in his career has always been the despised one, right? The respected, albeit despised, because he's so arrogant, he's so over the top, he doesn't want to engage and walk guys down with, with a couple of rare exceptions in boxing. Now, all of a sudden, he's kind of the white knight in this thing. And his way of handling it is self-deprecation. I'm an old man now. I need to put my teeth in every morning when I get up out of bed. I'll be lucky to survive. This is going to be a great fight. And I can't just stand out and have a defensive fight. So when I hear Stephen A. Smith conduct an interview, and Stephen A. Smith goes completely and ridiculously over the top, not just because he's Stephen A. Smith, but also because the question he had to ask. So you mean to tell me that Floyd Money Mayweather is not going to fight a defensive fight, that you're going to walk a guy down, that you're going to go hand-to-hand combat? He's like, yeah. Anytime somebody says, is no disrespect, something disrespectful is coming out. Anytime somebody says something's too good to be true, it usually is too good to be it, anything somebody something appears to be too good to be true it, it generally is and now when people say literally they actually don't mean literally it actually means can mean figuratively because the webster's dictionary people have changed and given multiple meanings to the literal definition of literally uh, i'm very confused self-deprecating humor and self-deprecating analysis is usually not actually self-deprecating Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Clay Helton, he's the head coach of USC. Remember last year they started out 1-3 and three on the season, end up the season winning an incredibly hotly contested Rose Bowl, 52-49. And now they are not only uh, favorites to win the Pac-12 and to potentially get uh, to the college football playoff for the first time since the college football playoff came into existence. But they also have a favorite for the Heisman Trophy, Sam Darnold. Uh, Coach Helton, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me. One year later, when it when you guys were 1-3, and three, or early in the season, uh, even before that third loss, because you changed quarterbacks and Darnold was your quarterback during the, the, the third loss, mm-hmm. there was, look, there were talk in L.A. that the natives weren't happy, you know, that you were an in-house guy and they needed to go out of house. Did, did you ever open up the possibility at home with your family or with anybody in your coaching staff that there might not be a year or two if you didn't fix things? <laughs> well, we know the expectations here at USC, and uh, the bar is set extremely high. And if you don't like that bar, don't don't take the job. Um, and I I'd had the good fortune. I had been at the university for six years and know the expectations of our alumni and our fans. And, you know, and, and understand being, you know, uh, a coach in college football for over 20 years that when you're one and three, there's going to be a lot of opinions out there. And, and some of them are deserved when you're one and three at uh, USC. Uh, and But I also realized we were a new staff with three new coordinators, a new quarterback, um, and there would be some growing pains. Um, and, but I did see us get better from Alabama to Stanford, Stanford to Utah, and asked myself, you know, are we progressing as a team? And if, we, if the answer is yes, then keep going. And the answer was yes for me. I really felt like we were getting better with each game. I, was, I believed in the process as well as our team had the trust and the relationships with our with our players uh, and 
and just tell them continue what they're doing. They're getting better with each game, and if they continue competing like they do, they're going to look up in November and be extremely happy. And we looked up in November, and we were playing some of our best football. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I look, I, I made the case, and I think most of us who aren't conformist to the old way of doing things in football said you beat Washington on the road. In all honesty, you were the best team in the Pac-12. I, I made the case you belonged in the college football playoff. The powers that be did not select you with that. And then, of course, you backed that up with that amazing Rose Bowl win over a very game Penn State squad. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Clay Helton joining us. Um, it's like the opposite year, right? Mm-hmm. Now everybody believes in you. Now you know who your quarterback is. And even the schedule, like Western Michigan last year would have been a bear of a game. It still won't be easy because of the success they had and the culture of the place. But the head coach leaves. They lose their top wide receiver. It's not the same. Stanford last year was on the road. There's no Alabama to start the season. There's no Utah on the road to start the season. The schedule is uh, still formidable, but uh, but you know, look, three home games, including Texas and Stanford, early in the season with Darnold back. How how do you how do you not have the letdown of? Uh, everybody giving the attaboys, everybody giving the expectations. Schedule is easier. Those are a cup. The first one's a win. The Texas one's a win. And Stanford, we can get at home. How do you keep that from happening? Well, you, Doug, you had talked about those lessons that you learned from last year with our older players. And, you know, a lot of people talked about, oh, this is one of the better teams in the country at the end of the season when, when talking about USC. But the r- realism was we, we had lost three games early. And one of the lessons that we learned is every game counts. And the competitive level of college football nowadays in today's time is is if you don't bring your A game, you're going to get your butt beat. That's uh, just a fact of the matter. Western Michigan is a good football team. Stanford is a good football team. Texas is a good football team. And any time that a team comes and plays USC, they're going to even raise their game even higher. Um, and we have to take the approach and I asked our team, I said, guys, did we make some great memories last year? Did you enjoy the Rose Bowl? Every hand rose. Um, but then I asked them, are you satisfied? And not one hand rose. Because they know USC is about Pac-12 championships and national championships and that's the expectations. And when you have that expectation, Expectation, you better treat each game like it's a playoff game, like it's a championship game, because that could make or break your season. Um, so um, I know it's old cliche, but no one game is more important than the other. Uh, you take the first one and you pour your whole heart and soul in it to go try to win it. How was when when Sam came in? Your offense only changed because of how dynamic he is, moving the change with his foot, with his feet, moving the pocket with his feet. But he also really developed a relationship with a bunch of wide receivers. I mean it it was like six or seven options. How did that how did that change so quickly right when he came in? Yeah, you know, one of the things that everybody sees Sam and his ability to create um, with his feet, especially keeping his eyes downfield and finding open receivers. But one of the things that I was really appreciative as a coach of Sam is how well he played within the system. Um, He wasn't getting locked in on one guy. He was basically – diagnosing the defense, seeing what the defense was going to get him, finding the one-on-one matchup, and really trusting his players. You know, whoever that might have been, wherever that one-on-one matchup was, to say, hey, this is my best option. I'm going to put it up to that guy, and I know he's going to make a play for me. And then you look you look what happens at the end of the game. You look at the stat sheet, and there's nine to ten different receivers that are getting the ball each and every game. So it shows you uh, I'm a quarterback coach by trade that he really believes in the system and he's taking what the defense is giving him and that's what you want from your quarterback well and and he's got to develop 
the more guys this year, right? There's new weapons he has to develop, and he has to do it as much as you have those home games. It still is Stanford. It still is Texas, and Texas has been recruiting at the top level for the last couple of years, and Tom Herman's obviously uh, going to do some things and fix that offense. Uh, how confident are you that in short order those guys will be ready for the live bullets of a Stanford, of a Texas? Yeah, it's kind of it's probably our highest priority right now is the chemistry between Sam and the young receivers. You know, not only did we lose at Juju Smith and Darius Rogers, but we also lost at Daquan Hampton and Isaac Whitney. All four kids went, went on to the NFL to the minicamps. And, and so it, we look up, we redshirted four of the five kids that we signed a year ago uh, and, and developed them. And now it's their time to go out there to the Coliseum when live bullets are flying and hopefully do what they're doing in practice. They're doing a really nice job putting on a show but we got to make sure that that happens on saturday how too. often you've been to sc a, lo- a long time how often does that happen at sc where guys at skill positions redshirt that seems like a rarity outside of the quarterback position that seems like a rarity yeah, you know, we're finally getting our te- depth back. This is my eighth season, and having gone through the sanctions and and how far that takes you down from a depth standpoint, we're getting those numbers back, and it's allowing us to redshirt some kids that may need a year of development. Obviously, you're going to have the Adoree Jacksons of the world, the Juju Smiths of the world that can come in and help you immediately, but now we're not having to throw a kid in the fire that just may not be ready uh, to for, for college yet. He will be in a year from now. But it's allowing us to make uh, some nicer decisions. Clay Helton joining us, head coach of USC. Other interesting part about your schedule is uh, the disparity between week two, week three, even week one, week two, week three. Like week two, you kind of know what you're getting for Stanford, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're going to line up and they're going to try and mash you and they're going to try and beat you inside the tackles. And then you'd assume with Texas they're going to spread your way out and uh, and try and get it to their guys in space, as Herman has done, going back to his Ohio State days, and of course going to his Houston days. That's that's hard. It's it's a little bit like preparing for the option, right? Where you don't have a ton of time, and though other other teams, and I know you've had the whole preseason here to work on those different things, but that seems like kind of a sneaky, difficult part about your schedule going Stanford to Texas back to back. Yeah, it's a great observation because we really feel that all, the first three games, each offense is dif- different uh, schematically. And um, you look up and you have the 22 personnel groups, the heavy packages that Stanford's going to present, and then all of a sudden go to the tempo spread uh, that, that Coach Herman's known for and brilliant offensive mind and puts a lot of aggressiveness into his offense. So um, it, you look up and you have some different systems schematically, and you know that's one of the things that we've have already focused on in training camp is putting ourselves in those situations um, to be able to prepare for them so it's just not just a week worth of work because um, each system is so different in those first three weeks. Sam has gotten obviously a ton of national attention. He's a a favorite in some polls to win the Heisman Trophy and he again appears when he's been on with us any different sort of piece I've seen he appears to be uh, fairly comfortable and still maintains a level of balance in his life. And it's one of kind of the special things about him. You know, his parents, he wasn't just only a quarterback growing up. He played a bunch of different sports. He wasn't solely focused on being uh, the next great quarterback. It's just kind of happened. That said, how, how do you protect him, right? You, you want him to build his brand. You want him to reap the benefits of success at SC that could potentially, you know, also help bring more success to your program. That helps you in recruiting. On the other hand, you you don't want to take away from football, and you don't want him to get arrogant and to get to get cocky because of it. How do you handle that? 
Well, we talk about capturing the now when it comes to football and capturing the moment and not worrying about what's going to happen five, six, seven months from now. You know, I've talked to him about, hey, buddy, you know what? We, we've played nine football games. We've started nine football games and, we, and did a really, really great job. But the ceiling's still so high for you. We're not a finished product. There's so much more we can learn. And he's accepted that, which is really neat. I mean, he's accepted the coaching. He accepts the fact that he's got so much growth as a quarterback left to go. And then I look at it from the other side. You know, I, I truly believe I've got three children by birth and 105 I got the honor to adopt. And I want him to be able to have, just like my son is at USC, I want him to have the same college experience, to be able to be a college student, to be able to be the kid that still likes to go to the beach and, and, and be, a, be a normal person. You have to have that balance in your life if, when you truly want to play at your best. And um, so it's been half coach, half father, and uh, um, I, I just thank God waking up every morning that that kid's a Trojan because he is a special, special soul. I don't want to ask you, I can't ask you about Zach Rosen, the, I mean, excuse me, Josh Rosen, the kid, the quarterback at USC and what he's, but I want to ask you about what he said. Uh, among other things he said to Bleacher Report, he said, like, look, football and school just, just don't go together. Some guys don't belong at, on college campuses because this is just their pathway to the NFL. Um, you, you've, you've spent your life <laughs> on college campuses, you're a player yourself. Uh, what's your assessment on how doable it is to be both a student and a successful college athlete? Well, we're fortunate at USC. I think a lot of the kids that come to USC uh, not only are coming because of how how great an athletic tradition it is here, but it is one of the top 15 academic educations in the country. And one of the things that you look at as, as a coach and, and, and as a father is, you know, you understand that only 2% of the young men that are sitting in that team meeting room are going to go on to the NFL. And it's our job as coaches and it's our, and, and the players understand that, you know what, not only am I making my most, making myself the most valuable asset that I could become on the field, but I also have to do that off the field because at some point in time, the game ends for all of us. And I always want our young men to have the opportunity to get a a really great education, to have the opportunities to go do internships um, over the summer. Uh, Joshua Mortabebe doing studying abroad, getting to go to Chile to to be able to have that opportunity and study with – of the top businesses in that country and, you know, just have the things that come with a quality education. Um, it is twofold. You know, we're student athletes and um, at the end of the day, I hope each and every student athlete has the ability to get his degree and make himself a professional, not only on the field, but even more importantly off. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I think one of the things is there's a little disconnect. There's a disconnect there with Rosen because I agree, there's there are a lot of guys that come to college. Like, look, when I was in, coming in basketball, and I go and speak to college basketball, college football teams, you ask them how many guys think you're going to play in the league, and they all raise their hand. Like, they all think that's what they're there for. But that's kind of, I mean, isn't that part of what makes it so, uh, kind of interesting and fun and challenging to be a college coach is, yeah, you take guys think they're just there to play football, and then they discover this whole other life that's out there for them, and the benefits of football that that go outside the lines of football. And you're not going to connect with every kid. Every kid's not going to buy in. They're not all going to fight and get their degrees and take advantage of the fact they built a name, especially in Southern California. SC is a huge, not just national brand, but especially local brand. But isn't that kind of the 
Isn't that kind of the, the, the trick of it or maybe the challenge of it is you take them in, you tell them what a great education it is, the parents are maybe more in than the kid is, but after a while they start to buy in on doing both. And it's not everybody, but it's a really high percentage of them. Yeah, you know, the, rea- the reality, like I said, is is not everybody's going to be able to go to that next level. Right now it's about 2%, and the average lifespan in the NFL is 3.3 years. And so, you know, um, the preparation that has to be done for your life after football is something that I think people realize when they come to college and, and they enjoy the experiences. I know our kids have enjoyed we, – we have a great advantage being in the city of Los Angeles and our kids getting to do some of the internships that are, that are in the city here uh, during the summer, um, as well as getting quality education. And I, I think that's, uh, that's very important uh, as a young person, that um, uh, you're trying to make yourself the most valuable commodity that you can become, um, not only on the field, uh, but even more importantly off. We've seen Urban Meyer in his second year. Uh, we've seen Jim Tressel in his second year. We've seen Bob Stoops all in their second year win a national championship. This is your second year full-time head coach at USC. In order for that to happen, what's the one thing that you, even as a guy who knows your team, have the biggest question mark? If you can do this, we will give ourselves the best possible opportunity to compete in January and win the whole thing. I think it's really twofold for me. Uh, I think the ability to run the ball and be able to take some pressure off Sam with a balanced run attack like we had last year is going to be imperative. And then our defensive front has got to do what they did last year. This is a quarterback-driven league. Uh, when you look at the talent uh, of a Josh Rosen, of a Jake Browning, of of Falk at Washington State, it, it's, it, it is a quarterback-driven league. And the, the ability to get to the quarterback and apply pressures and imperative uh, in this league. Uh, you know, being able to run the ball, take some pressure off Sam, and then play great defense in our defensive front, I think is going to be imperative for us to win a championship. Coach, can't wait to see your team against Western Michigan when you kick off the season. Really appreciate you being a guest with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Anytime. Appreciate That's uh, Clay Helton, head coach of the number four ranked USC Trojans. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The NBA and Adam Silver has done what he said he was going to do. Remember, the NBA schedule, we were told, would be extended by a week, and they were going to try and make it uh, make it easier on players, on their bodies. So there's a new memo out that, uh, that has been released to the media. The new schedule in, in, has a couple improvements. Eliminating stretches of four games in five days, 18 games in 30 days. Reduction of five games in seven nights to just 40 instances across the board. That's 1.3 per team, down from last year of 90 times. Reduction in number of back-to-backs to to 14.9 per team, down from 16.3 per team. In all, 40 back-to-backs have been eliminated from last season. Reduction of single-game road trips by 17%. Reduction in single-game road trips of over 2,000 miles by 67%. There are only 11 of them on the schedule. An increase in weekend games from 50, uh, 549 to 568. Much of the boost coming from Saturdays. Previously, the NBA avoided Saturdays and Sunday afternoons during football season to dodge conflicts. Now they will not. So, look, there's a couple of things here. This is part of the collective bargaining agreement, which the NBA said, hey, we're going to try and make it uh, make it better for players. We're not going to travel more, travel We're going to do It's just smart, just smart business. And scheduling fights, this happens all the time in college sports, especially in basketball. You know, I played in the Big 12. Big 12 has a big Monday. 
right? And coaches argue all the time about who gets the benefit of Big Monday, right? Do you, you play on a Saturday and then you play home on a Monday. What about when you play, you don't want to play on the road on a Saturday, then a road on a Monday, or home on Saturday, home on Monday, then that team gets the whole week off to prepare for Saturday as opposed to team playing on Saturday, but I played on Thursday. It's uh, scheduling fights happen all the time in sports that you don't you don't know and you don't really care anything about. But what the NBA is really doing here is they're trying to limit the excuses for LeBron James. Hey, we hear you. One game road trips of over two thousand miles doesn't make any sense, right? We can't just send you LeBron out to LA to play one game for TV. Like that doesn't make any sense. And when you play four and five nights, like the product is not going to be good on that on that on that fourth game. We, we got you. Uh, we're going to extend the schedule week. We're going to play more on weekends, which by the way, is going to be a disaster in terms of attendance in many, many towns. Uh, one of the things that's really going to hurt and it continues to hurt is they don't care about college basketball. They are running rough shot over college basketball. Their new TV agreement has ESPN games on Saturday night. That you that used to be, used to be the prime time for college basketball. Now it is not. And, of course, Sunday is made-for-TV games. But they're also trying to eliminate excuses. And I understand that players have sat games for years, but not the best player in the league. And I don't think LeBron is Jordan. I told you guys that before. On the other hand, he does have a Jordan-like presence to him. And if you want to be judged as a Jordan-like presence, as having that sort of effect on the league. Well, we're going to change rules. We're going to change scheduling. We're going to do all these things to follow over self. You got to show up to work. And I I got it. You're tired. I understand. (laughs) Michael Jordan played 82 games in nine of his professional seasons. Remember one of the years, his second year in the league, he was hurt. He was out almost all the season. I think he played 17 games and played in the playoffs, 18 games. Then playing the playoffs, they were swept by the Boston Celtics. People like to bring that up. That was the series he had, I think, 63 and 49 in his first two games. And that was a historically great Celtics team. And he was, they were like a 20 games below 500 Bulls team. But if you want to be judged as Michael Jordan, fine. Like, you have that kind of impact. You got to show up to these games. I mean, I remember Memphis last year. They play in Memphis one time. LeBron James comes to town. You show up. You show up. And... The disingenuous part to me about LeBron is, I want to play less minutes. You play more minutes than anybody in the league per game. You take games off. Why not play 20 minutes in a night? Why? Because it hurts your per game average. It's about his legacy. Remember, if you're, if you're an NBA, if you're an NFL fan, you're like, why do NBA guys get paid more? Why do major league baseball guys get played more? They play more games. Play more games, period. You can't compete with 162 games. People are like, well, baseball is not as popular. That's actually probably true. There are fewer kids playing baseball. It's very regionally popular. The, the difference is it's in the summer, and all of these regional sports networks, they get all these 162 games put on TV. They are volume programming. And even if they, even if they get a one rating, yeah, but that's a one for three and a half hours a night, 162 nights. That's an entire network. Whereas the NFL, you're talking about 16 games over 17 weeks. It's a completely different economy. 
No, you can't build a stadium and only have an NFL team, and you can build a stadium and only have a Major League Baseball team. Why? Because stadiums and stadium districts need a tenant that's in there over 150. Really, they want 180 nights covered. That's what they want. So this all looks good. This is the commissioner and the owners doing what they said they would do for the players and trying to make it more feasible for them to play more games and suffer fewer injuries and for the product to be better. They're nominal changes that to you and me, you know, what's the big deal? A single game road trip doesn't make any sense. Go on the road, let's go knock out a couple, right? I mean, hey, we got single game road trips here at Fox Sports Radio. We went to the Rams camp, which is down Orange County on, was that Tuesday? Monday? I don't even know what day today. Today's Wednesday. Tomorrow we go to the other end of the earth, which is the Oxnard for the Cowboys. And then next week we go to the Chargers, right? Like if I was the NBA commissioner, I'd go like, hey, why don't we do Rams one day? We do Chargers the next day because they're right next to each other. This is smart, but also this is the NBA and ESPN and Turner going, hey, we paid all this money. We paid 3X and we thought we were going to pay 2X for the rights to broadcast your game. We cannot promote and broadcast games where the biggest star in the sport is a no-show because he's tired. That's not okay. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Greg Jennings joins us now, Super Bowl champion, Fox Sports NFL analyst. Greg, uh, are you a beer guy? I'm not, Doug. I'm not, man. I'm not a. I'm not a big beer guy, alcohol guy. I drink wine, but that's about it. The extent of my drinking. All right. Well, thank you for not adding to this conversation. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he joins us on the dugout. Like, look, dude, you got it. You got it. Uh, Tony Gonzalez is a big beer guy. I wonder if he's a big Michelada guy. I gotta. I gotta ask him. I just don't like the idea of music. My producer not trying it. Like, I don't like it. Like, try it. I don't like. It. Just try it. And then if you don't like it, are you a try it guy? Or are you like I'm? I'm gonna do what I do, and that's all that I do. You know what? I was listening to the tail end, and I'm kind of with. I'm kind of with the producer, man. I, I'll, I'm not a big try a guy. If I want to try, I will. If it's intriguing and I feel like I can try it and I, it's inviting, I will. But if it's if it doesn't even feel inviting, then nah, I'm gonna pass. All right, I'm just telling you, you guys are missing out. This is an outstanding drink. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Greg Jennings allowing me, and so is the rhyme is my producer to keep all of my micheladas to myself. I can be selfish. Uh, Dan Beyer did bring in pizza, Greg. So you missed it not stopping in the studio. Our thanks to Dan Beyer for uh, going out and getting the getting the the za. Um, nope. How many preseason games did it need? Did you need in order to be sharp for game one of the season? Um, really, honestly, we only really played the one, the uh, the third preseason game. The first the first preseason game, you you pretty much play like a series, if that, uh, or two, if that, depending on how everything plays out. Um, the second preseason game, you play about a quarter, but the third preseason game, you play at least a half. So when I, when I used to do my own player analysis and little rundown, I never even played a full game in the preseason. So it was really unnecessary. I shouldn't, I don't like to say it's unnecessary. It was great to get the reps. It was great to get hit. It was great to catch a ball in traffic. It, and go through 
everything that you've done in practice right. against an opponent and understand that you were going to incur some additional um, hindrance, meaning tackling to all the way to the ground, which we don't do in, in training camp and in practice. So that was necessary, but one game really doesn't. One solid game really doesn't, and that's all we ever really got. Not even a half. So what about like what about like linemen? Do linemen need more? Do they? Do, you know, younger guys. Do they need more live reps? Um, younger guys, I definitely. I'm um, I'm an advocate for that. I think uh, they definitely need the reps. But most of them want the reps because they never really experienced it in in fast pace, full on go. Typically, when a younger guy gets in. If he's not running with the ones, he's running with twos who, you know, there are twos and threes who are kind of all, they're locked in, they're all over the place, they're trying to make the team, so they're going above and beyond sometimes what they even should be doing. So it's a little it's a little sketchy there, but the young guys, I definitely feel like it, when I was younger, I played a lot more. They just threw me in, whether I was running with the ones and I was a starter right out the gate. I played a little longer. I played with the twos. I played um, deeper into the corners, deeper into the games because they wanted me to get more experience with more repetition before the actual opening week. Hmm. All right. There's a lot of talk about eliminating one of the preseason games, and the, the problem becomes, like, instead of not playing guys in the fourth week, now guys just won't play in the third week. I mean, this is this is really about – it's the whole thing's about money, isn't it, right? Like, like Goodell wants an extra game. The owners want an extra game. Uh, but the players want that extra game to be another game check in addition to what they already make. And the owner's like, no, 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 we're going to pay you what we already pay you, only we'll spread it out over the 17 games or 18 games instead of the 16 games. Isn't that really what it comes yeah, down to? It's what it, That's what it comes down to. When you look at these arenas, these, these, these stadiums, they were built for eight weeks. With the with well, ten the weeks of the two two pre two preseason, then the eight weeks of the regular season, right? Yeah, pre preseason preseason gives you ten, and then if you if you get a home playoff game, it'll give you eleven, maybe twelve. But for three hundred out of three hundred sixty five days in a year, you're going to use this facility for the primary reason of your building it. Now all, we all understand they're going to host events and concerts and all of these different things. But the primary reasoning is for this professional franchise, this organization to play eight games that is guaranteed in a regular season. That's going to really generate a ton of revenue. Depending on who those two preseason games are, you may not even get a sold out crowd or even half show up. So um, I, I really don't like counting those. But understand what the points you make about players not playing in the fourth game, it's going to happen even if they shave off another preseason game. Teams will not risk putting their guys out in the last preseason game when teams have one last opportunity to see what they will eventually get away or keep on, on, on board. And so I don't, I'm for it, but I'm I'm against it. So I'm kind of I've, I've always looked at it from a player perspective. If I've never been a guy that was on the fence like that, so I understand how important it is for a free agent or late round pick to have that fourth game. That's their opportunity to shine. That's one more chance that they get to showcase to 31 other teams, including the team, the 32nd team that they're playing with right there currently, to put some film out there 
that will give them an opportunity to acquire a job. So I get how important it is for players, but from the, the your starters, your primary guys, it is risk every time you step on that football field entering into a regular before entering a regular season. No question about it. Greg Jennings joining us, uh, former uh, he's a Super Bowl champion, former wide receiver in the National Football League, works with us here at Fox covering among other things the National Football League. This is Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you've seen Jay Cutler up close from the, the other side of the ball. You've watched Jay Cutler uh, as an analyst. Is it crazy to think that this might actually work in Miami? You know what, Doug? I, I, I don't know. How do you, okay, I got to ask you this really quick. Do you think it's going to work? Do you, are you for it? Yeah. Just want to know. You, you I know mean, like, what? Like, I like, too- what, what's, like, what are there? There is no better option out there. He's no. actually pretty good. He knows the system. They got exactly. do. They got just get the ball outside to Landry and let's go. When I saw the signing and I, I saw the kind of the reaction of the world, it's like there's, there's this big, what are they doing? And I'm thinking to myself, this is the best option that they have. It, it's, it reminds me who, of Sam Bradford last year, really. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, got a, you got a guy who elevated his play, who became a more consistent and a more um, dependable quarterback under an Adam Gase in his last years in Chicago that we, than we ever saw out of Jay. And so what, what I feel like when you, when you look into the landscape of the Miami Dolphins, I was down there for a year. I understand. I was excited to see what Ryan Tannehill was going to do in his second year being healthy for a full season. I was excited about that. That's no longer the case. So I understand. I love Matt Moore. Great leader, great guy. He just doesn't have, the tool he has it, but his the arm strength isn't there, um, the agility isn't there um, to move in the pocket. I mean, he is smart as a whip, but you just know that he lacks the juice. Right, and so he's a backup. He's a, he's, a, he's a really good backup. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's solid. He's he can get gr- you through a game. Absolutely. He can get you through a couple of games. But but but, but Jay Cutler has has arm talent that you can't you can't coach. You can't teach. No, and when you look at their roster at receiver, the guys who they have around Jay, you got a Devontae Parker who's going to stretch the field. When healthy, he is a great player that can go across the middle for you, stretch the field. Jarvis Landry, who can run every route on the route tree and who is really a Brahma Bull at, in 5'10", 195 pounds soaking wet, but he plays bigger than all outdoors and a Kenny Stills who stretches the field. That's his game. Ryan Tannehill, if there was any struggle, any, any downside to his game progressing in what I think Adam Gates was probably going to really have challenge him and focusing on is being more accurate down the field, yep. always been he, an issue. which he's it's always been an issue. Jay Cutler, we know him. He's pretty accurate down the field. He's not. He's just the one thing you have to eliminate from Jay Cutler, Adam Gase was able to do, which was throw interceptions and to take dumb sacks. So we've seen him increase and elevate his level of play with an Adam Gase under an Adam Gase-led offense. So I'm excited to see what he – he has weapons. They have a ton of weapons down there. They have a great defense. So I'm, their secondary is touchy, a little yeah. touchy now, but we'll see. Um, but I like it. I want to stay in the, in the state of Florida. Did you watch, did you watch the first episode of, um, of Hard Knocks last night? I did not. Um, I like, look, I'm kind of all in on Jameis. 
I mean, he just kind of took over the episode. Like, and I do this every, almost every year. Last year, the Rams did appear to be a bit of a disaster. Like, you kind of felt like that one was yeah. coming a little bit. Sure. But, with, but with that is the exception. Like, every year I watch Hard Knocks, I'm like, I like this. This is now, this is my team. I'm following. Like, I didn't believe that J.J. Watt was really out working out by himself, like, late into the night, you know, working on his swim move. Like, I don't believe everything. Um, mm-hmm. Give me your perspective on Jameis uh, in terms of where he is and what his ultimate ceiling is as a quarterback. Yeah, so for me, Jameis, I, I like it. I like it because I feel like he has, he has continually impressed and shown that he can mature year after year after year. So for them to have hard knocks and him to take it on and embrace it, he has the charisma, he has the skill set, he has the leadership. He has all. If you, if there was a checklist, he checks out all of them. The one thing coming in was okay. His off the field issues. He made some some sketchy decisions. Uh, let's see how his, his maturity level is. Well, he's proven that he's gotten even more mature every year, year in and year out. So, in my opinion, Hard Knocks is one of those deals where it it really shows us like who who this guy can really be behind the scenes because we don't none of us get this this inside track and inside view yeah we know he jokes and plays games but he's not a cam newton he really locks in he takes it serious not saying cam doesn't but that's kind of the perception out there and i i like i like what i seen out of Jameis. i think he's going to handle it great i think he's going to have a tremendous amount of fun with it and it's going to trickle into them being a even closer knit team and a young team that they are, they, that's necessary. That's a necessity. Last thing kind of quickly. Look, you've been outspoken in terms of your honest analysis of, of Aaron Rodgers, a guy who was your quarterback and you saw your most successful run in the NFL with. Uh, he didn't get defensive, but he was definitely um, a, a little, I don't know, he was, he was very Aaron Rodgers-like when somebody said, hey, is your window closing on winning a championship? And he's like, look, we made the playoffs eight straight years. And maybe we haven't come through in the playoffs, but only winning one Super Bowl. But we've we've done a pretty good job. What's your sense of how open that window is in Green Bay? As long as he is is under the hem, there's all there will always be a window. Um, there will always be a window. How open that window is is based on what they're willing to do around him. And I just don't my frustration with it and and I love Aaron Rodgers I love the way he's played the game I mean obviously I have a, I have a Super Bowl with him but I'm going to be critical from what I see from not only a player's perspective an analyst perspective but now a fan perspective because I have an inside and I know what it looks like and what it takes so when I see an organization that does it a certain way who builds through the draft, who doesn't want to go out and supplement through free agency, that's that's problematic when you're dealing with a, a quarterback that's, like, as he alluded to, entering into the back nine. <laughs> like, you want to give them as much as they need and much as they really want um, to give them the most maximum opportunities to hit the home run, which is to get to the – the Super Bowl. So I, I don't, I don't, I, my frustration is solely with upper management and how they go about it. 
because I get it. I know they have a system, but it has not worked. Yes, did we win a championship? Absolutely. But it's like you're always one step behind a New England or a Seattle right. because these are teams that are willing to bring up throughout the through the draft. Well, with the exception of oh, New England, they kind of draft terribly at skill positions, but they supplement well, and they they supplement in a play in a in a way to where it doesn't affect or impact their team because they have a culture already set that guys have to come into and if you either embrace it or you don't and green bay has that but they don't use it yeah yeah no it's it's gonna be it's gonna be be fascinating to see i I thought that seattle game got away from them otherwise it would have been in two super bowls but greg look forward to catching up as uh as we get into the football season no preseason kicking off uh again tonight We'll, we'll talk soon thanks so much for joining us Absolutely. Appreciate it, Doug. My man Greg Jennings joining us. Not a beer guy. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Football is a billion-dollar industry, and yet we still have, like, the chain gang, right? We still have, like, two old guys. We still have, like, two old guys. You're like, hold on, wait a second. Let me get the chain all set up. Slow down there, kids. We got to, right? We still have the chain gang. Like, you kidding me? Like 2017, when we're watching sports on TV, we have the line of scrimmage. We have the original line of scrimmage. We got the 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 start of the the ten yard mark. We got the uh, of of where where they start on first down, the first down line. They can even superimpose like the line the kicker needs to get to. And the different percentages the kicker needs a kicks from, you know, inside the 40, he's 95% from 40 to 50. He's 75% from 50 plus. He's only 30%. They can superimpose that on the football field. Yet, I mean, they can, they can pipe in noise to the stadium. They can pipe in the plays to the quarterback's headset, right? You have all this crazy technology. And yet first down, no first down spot of the ball is decided based upon like guys that during the week are Walmart greeters. They're that old. Hold on, let me get this. And I know most chain games are not old. But like there's some weird things in sports. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.